This is Unlikable Female Characters, the podcast featuring feminist thriller writers in conversation about women who don't give a damn if you like them. I'm Kristen LaPianca, and I'm here with Lane Fargo. Hello. So we are we are in entering the stage of, of vaccination, both of us. Yes, you have your second shot now, right? Yes, I, I do. First, um, and I'm having bizarro side effects. <laughs> which it's like a comedy of errors I kind of knew because I have all these like weird health issues like my chronic pain and everything I was like I'm probably gonna get some weird ass side effects so my thing is my feet just my feet are covered in itchy hives (laughs) and at first I was like what the fuck did I I'm like I know I didn't like step in some poison ivy or some shit because I don't like go in the forest (laughs) like it's just not um but yeah I looked it up and it's uh like I got the Moderna vaccine and often it will have like skin related side effects uh it's that is so wild. bizarre that so is bizarre. extremely bizarre it's like it's like I'm glad that these vaccines exist I'm so glad that they exist but it's like really kind of disturbing when you think about like <laughs> what message is the the mRNA sending that it's yeah. making hives on the feet just the feet <laughs> I <laughs> And that's not even where the injection happened. What is happening? I know, because it's, it's more common, I guess, people will get rashes on their injection arm, which, like, makes fucking sense. But right. this, I'm so confused. But whatever. I mean, it's better than having COVID. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. What about yeah. you? So I got my second shot of the Pfizer vaccine last week. And um, after I had gotten my first shot, I had been, like, kind of tired the next day, but nothing major or, or strange or anything. After the second shot, I was, like literally dead the next day (laughs) like I felt so awful I couldn't do any of the things that I was supposed to do I like could barely function like I basically slept the entire day like five minutes at a time and then I would wake up and then doze off again and I had serious pain like in my injection site but also like around my collarbone and I was like oh no I threw something swollen there so I looked it up and it's like yes you can get swollen lymph nodes near your collarbone from the vaccine this is a known thing so that's still a little sore actually but it's uh after after like that second the day after the shot I felt horrible the next day I was like I'm fine (laughs) crazy (laughs) because I literally felt like death and then I was fine so I guess it means my immune system is working which is great and I'm really glad that I have gotten that shot and now in two weeks I can feel empowered to go out into the world again without being afraid of everyone sort of but sort of. yeah, it was it was intense. <laughs> <laughs> it's all worth it for public health. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's just I wish that like whatever message all of that messenger RNA is sending was like a little more specific. It's like don't don't make my whole body attack itself for one day. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good thing. Everyone should get vaccinated. I've had it's- the hives for almost a week now. Mm. And I don't, I'm not happy, but again, all worth it for public health. Um, is it improving at all or is it just kind of like, no. oh no, <laughs> this is your life now. <laughs> this is my life now. I just have itchy feet. I feel like a Victorian lady. I like can't do anything, you know, like I can't, I can like walk a little bit, but it hurts a lot. So I'm mm. just like sitting on the couch with my feet propped up. It's like, I'm a lady of leisure now. Can you even put shoes on? Yeah. I mean, it's not great. <laughs> But I'm sitting here in my podcast closet with like an ice pack under my feet because it's the only thing that helps. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But get vaccinated, everyone, as soon as you can. Yes. Um, The side effects are worth it, even the miserable ones. Yeah. I also feel that I should rant for just a moment, given the subject matter of this podcast, that I don't know what it is in Ohio, but in Illinois, when they opened up the 
eligibility. Um, so my partner was eligible in this latest group because he has a customer service job. Like he works at a museum. So he's interacting with a lot of people every day. And I assumed that I would be eligible because of all of my like bizarro underlying health conditions. But no, in fact, I am not eligible because of that. I am eligible because of my fat ass, (laughs) because of my BMI being over a certain level that makes me eligible for the vaccine. And um, it's some bullshit. Same. I have asthma. That is not what made me eligible for the vaccine. Uh, It was also my BMI, which as as we all know. BMI is bullshit. Bullshit. But this it's is the bullshit. first time in my life that I've been like, yes, BMI, great. I am obese. Thank you. Exactly. Like, it's like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> like this once, I will take that bullshit label and just, yeah. But yeah, it's crazy. Like, what are, what are they even doing? I don't know. It makes well, no damn sense. Our fat asses will be protected from COVID, so that's yes. good. Um <laughs> You have other um, happier news to share with us too, right? I do. I do. Um, A short story that I actually have talked about on this podcast before, um, a short story I wrote called Infinity Sky has been selected for America's Best uh, Mystery Short Stories for this year. That is so cool. I am so excited. Um, I have read like every annual version of this book since I was like 13 and it was always like a low-key writer goal to like someday I could get a story in that Mm -hmm. um but like I didn't really ever think that it would happen because it's really hard to write short stories (laughs) and I write very few of them very few and the one um that's been selected is a story that I wrote years before I wrote uh any of my novels or anything like that and it had been like rejected from a million places and then finally uh tough magazine picked it up and ran it uh, in january of last year and i was so excited that it finally found a home because it was like even though it was an older thing that i had written i really liked it i really liked the the characters and the idea of it and so it was like i didn't really understand why it had been rejected from so many places because i'm like this is good what's going on um so yeah i was happy enough when it found a home for the first place in the first place but um yeah it's now going to be in that anthology and I just can't believe it so super exciting that book will be out I believe in October and I just I can't wait that is so awesome so everyone look for that in October and who's the they got a new editor for that recently right is this the thing Steph Cha is editing yes yes Yes. so she is the new series editor uh she it used to be edited by um our, he, our dear, be named our dear friend Otto <laughs> Fensler. You, um, did it, you named him. I did. Oh God! So he was the series editor, and then every um, every year there's like a, a new annual editor. So this year's annual editor is Al Fairberg. Um, Sweet. So yeah, it's super awesome to have two women who are editing this, and yeah, just could not be more excited to have that story in there. That is so awesome. And that's a good segue, actually, because speaking of men we hate, (laughs) today's topic, we're going to talk about the book, I Hate Men. (laughs) I actually, I had this book in my car when I um, I dropped it off to get um, a a recall repaired. So I had it in my car when I dropped it off at the garage. And I noticed that there are like dirty fingerprints on the dust jacket of this book now. And I'm like, I feel like I whatever. I feel like that the book was handled by someone uh, at the Honda place Uh, for some reason. Like I had left it on the seat. I didn't think anything of it. 
But looking at it now, I'm like, I think someone was handling this. I don't know what they were doing with it exactly. Maybe they were like, Learning what the growing. fuck is this? Or maybe they were like, this is fascinating. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but well, it's like a very uh, aggressive title. I love that about it. I had never yes. even heard of this. And I saw it on like when the book came out, a local bookstore posted it on their Instagram. And I was like, I hate men. I'm interested. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this book is by a French author, uh, Pauline Armange. Um, and she wrote it as. And it's an essay, basically. I mean, they've published it as a book, but it's really short. It's like 96 pages or something. It's like this cute little book that you could keep in your pocket all the time and like take out to read in public and scare men. So, <laughs> yes. you know. In fact, Perfect. that's what everyone should do with it. Yes. So it was only supposed to come out in an edition of a couple hundred copies from this like indie publisher in France. It was like not a big thing. But then a man got involved. Um, <laughs> this dude who's like an advisor to France's gender equality ministry saw the title. He hadn't even read it. He just saw the title and was very offended and concerned and reported it and like was trying to get the book banned. And you know what happens when you try to get a book banned. Right. <laughs> and now the book has been translated into English and who knows how many other languages. Like 17 languages <laughs> and it's this huge deal and yeah, like international press. So thank you, random man. <laughs> right. Like if he had just kept his mouth shut, probably only 400 people would have read it. But then because he just couldn't like now it's everywhere. So way to go, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so the basic idea of this book is that uh, Pauline hates men and thinks it's OK for all women to hate men if they so choose. And that is a message that like, we here at Unlikable Female Characters are extremely on board with, <laughs> yes. I would say. We were like, yes. we don't really have a dissenting opinion on this podcast. We're just going to talk about why it's OK to hate men. So. Yeah. To be clear, this is not a debate. No. This is like <laughs> we accept this thesis. <laughs> yes. Um, so her argument is basically that hating men or misandry um, is a necessary, even healthy response to misogyny. Like women living under the patriarchy deal with misogyny in like ways large and small every single day, all of their lives. And so hating men is a very natural response to that. We have a lot of a lot of reasons to hate men. We don't have time to list all of them here <laughs> on the podcast. No, this is this is merely one episode of the podcast we don't have like 50 uninterrupted hours to list all the ways in which the men time? are terrible exactly <clears throat> but i really like how she kind of opens um by like defining what she means by misandry and like the book so the book's the book is called i hate men it's very bold it's like not that's there's not a lot of like gray area about hmm does she hate men like she does but <laughs> all of them yes <laughs> but um she says, I use the word misandry to mean a negative feeling towards the entirety of the male sex. And I feel like that is very like, even if even if you personally would not go so far as to say that you hate men, I think a lot of people can agree that they have a negative feeling about men in general as mm -hmm. a people. Yes, yes. That's sort of how I would describe my feelings towards men. Like there are individual men that I know personally and like very much and even love. You know, I'm married to a man, uh, male friends, but like men in general as like a category, not a fan. Yeah, not a, not fan. a fan. Not a fan at Don't all. Don't trust them. <laughs> Don't like them. <laughs> no. Do whatever I can to avoid them in many cases. Yeah, you've really like you've set up your life right because you don't have to interact with men like hardly at all in your day to day life, right? Oh yeah, like very. There are very few men that I speak to on a regular basis. In fact, Ugh. I would say there are two. Wow. Um, and sometimes, like if I have to 
talk to a man on the phone for something related to business or something, I'll hang up and I'll tell Joanna, I just had to talk to a man. And she'll go. (gasps) It's terrible. It is. Yes. And we we, we have a a saying in our house, which is, why would anyone ever talk to a man? And like, (laughs) sometimes we just say it when we have heard about a man being terrible in some way. Like, why? 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 I, think uh, I need a sticker of that to go with my kill your local rapist sticker. You know what? I think we, we might, I might need to make that. That would be some yeah. good merch for this podcast, actually. For this podcast and like all of our books and just like everything, yeah. just for yes. life. <laughs> your so mom why, can put one on her card. Yes. Like. <laughs> why would anyone talk to a man? I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so it's like, you know, sure, there are the occasional men who are not terrible, but it's like, they're few and far between and it's it's the thing the things that make them okay it has nothing to do with their manness but to do with like you know their individual personalities right and i think also the the trouble is like there are decent men out there but you can't tell which ones they are even when no. you know them really well you think even when you've known a man for years I and mean, we see this all the time when there are these accusations of sexual assault or like any wrongdoing by men they'll have all of these women in their lives who are like oh my god well he was always so nice to me and I never would have guessed and you know so yeah. it's it's hard to like get to a point where you're like I can completely trust this man like a hundred percent he would never do anything like that like we can't really say that about very many men no that's true and it's like you know to to be fair you can't really say that about anyone but you, I feel like it's much safer to trust that a woman is not going to try to assault you or yes, something generally as opposed to a man. So, but I have like a list, a very short list of celebrity men who I think are like good people. And I would be like deeply shocked if horrible allegations about them came out. But it's oh, like yeah. five men. It's like Barack Obama. And mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's basically it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my list is um, LeBron James. Okay. And... Um, Sam Waterston, the actor from Law and Order, who I've okay. loved my entire life. <laughs> okay, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> okay, yeah, there's a lot that I I like wouldn't be as confident as I am with Obama. He's like one I'm really confident in that he's a good guy. So like, don't fuck up Barack. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if he was going to, like, he would have already. Right. Like. Yeah, like it would have it would have come out if he's a dirtbag at this point. Like, yeah. Because everyone would've... was, all the people on the right were looking for, like, any little thing. And all they could come up with was, like, he wore a tan suit. Right. <laughs> he wore a tan suit and he used to smoke. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's, like, in general, when you hear, like, when you hear the latest breaking news of a famous man who has been proved to be a shitbird, you're like, oh, okay. Like, it's generally not shocking. Even mm-hmm. even if you wouldn't have, like, guessed it, for even people who don't seem, like, overtly sleazy, it's still not a surprise. You're just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's really sad. Like, it is. it's really sad, especially, you know, like, I'm thinking of um, Ryan Adams, the musician, who I used to really like. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then with all of that that came out, it's like, bummer. Yeah. And I can't pure, I can't enjoy that music anymore. Like, thanks a lot, asshole. That was bad, too. I was yeah. just reading more about that recently for a project I'm working on. And um, he was one where you might not have guessed that about him. Like, John Mayer, you're like, yeah, he's a dirtbag, obviously. Yeah. But Ryan Adams. Yeah, but like, Ryan Adams likes cats. Like, how can, a, how can a man who loves cats 
be a dirtbag. Well, he can. <laughs> they all can. Yes. <laughs> so this book's central thesis is also that uh, misandry is sort of like it might make men unhappy, but it's sort of a, a victimless pastime hating men where like misogyny has a body count, right? Like every right. day there are women who die or are injured or whatever, like because of men's hatred towards women. It's it's like they act on it in violent ways where uh, not that, you know, I'm sure a few <laughs> <laughs> women have done violent things to men. I mean, obviously, obviously, but like right. in general, it's like if a woman says that she hates men, she's not doing anything about it. She's just like hating them in her heart. It's sort of a self-protective thing. It's not like an active, um, yeah, like she's not hurting anybody. Right. Like she, she has some statistics in this book that pertain specifically to France, but I feel like it's probably not much different than in the U.S. or anywhere else in the world that like, um, 90% of the people who received death threats from their partner were women. 86% of those murdered by their partner were women. Uh, you know, so it's like, it's not like, oh, it's it's 50-50. It's certainly not. So misogyny and misandry do not, like, they're not two sides of the same issue because mm -mm. misogyny is dangerous. And, like, misandry does not, is not dangerous in the same way. There's not an organized system of it. Misandry is not going to go there. We're just we're just saying it's okay to not like men. Yeah, it's not an organized system of oppression and yeah. it is just a reaction to misogyny really like yes. at the end of the day. It's it wouldn't exist without it. Like we wouldn't have a reason to hate men if not for all the shit that men have done since the beginning of time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> one thing that I really sort of responded to in this book um, is where she talks about she's talking about like anger and if women are allowed to be angry or express anger as an emotion um, and she says that at some point she realized that things that made her cry should have made her yell and I feel like that is so incredibly true as someone who more often than not if I am crying it's because I'm furious not because I'm yeah. sad like I don't cry because I'm sad I cry because I'm angry and that's a really frustrating reaction to have because it's like you can't really control the way that that comes out. But it's like if you are having some kind of an argument with someone, a man in particular, and you suddenly start crying, it's like then all of a sudden he has he thinks he has permission to be like, oh, we're shutting this down. You're being too emotional. And it's like, no, this isn't about emotion. This is about anger. Mm -hmm. um, and it would be like a lot more constructive to be able to yell instead of cry when you get that feeling but I'm like that too like if I am upset I will cry absolutely like if I'm frustrated or angry um I'm trying to remember where I saw this it's on Twitter somewhere I'm sure someone said um the the way that men have have like made it so that they're not branded as too emotional is to rebrand anger as not an emotion mm. but it is like it's just another emotion but it's right, one that's right. considered like acceptable if you're yelling um versus versus crying and showing more like vulnerability in that way because it's read as like hysteria you know right that's so true like of course anger is an emotion but mm -hmm. like the word emotional is specifically like for the behavior of women yes but what's interesting is like men get very bent out of shape about misandry and they're like they're they're real sad about it it makes them feel bad um <laughs> 
Well, men are their feelings are hurt. They yeah, it's it's like they're all about like no emotion. Emotion is bad, but like their little feelings are sensitive and they get bent out of shape about all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I've seen this a lot in the reaction to my latest book, They Never Learn. Although interestingly, I see it. I see it from men sometimes, but I also see it from women who are like kind of offended on behalf of the men in their lives. And I'm like, do I have anything better to do? I, I don't know. <laughs> but this idea that, okay, so like in this book, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. Pretty much every man in the book is a piece of shit. Like I designed it that way. It's, um, I originally there were actually no nice men in the book like not a one and then my editor (laughs) Kate left me a note in one of the early drafts it literally was like are all men trash (laughs) like that was the note and you're like well yes I was was like yes Kate they are uh but so I was like yeah you're right I guess there should be like at least a few men in this book who aren't just like complete pieces of shit so I gave the main character Scarlet a work friend who is a gay man um and so there are scenes with him and his husband who are both like lovely human beings and um you know friends of hers that she has dinner with and like thinks very well of and it's been (laughs) so interesting to me I get so many reviews where people are like this book is so one-sided all of the men in it are dirtbags I mean there's one man who's nice but he's gay so it doesn't count like that's (laughs) sort of the which I like can't wrap my mind around that. I'm just like he he does count. Like right, like in what way? What in what way does he not count? Like is your is your point that there are no straight men who are not trash? Like why yeah. is that a why is that a point of view that people want to fight for? I don't know. I don't know. And I mean, the reason that I made him gay was just because I didn't want there to be any sort of like. I don't know. I didn't want anyone like shipping him and Scarlet. Right, I just wanted right, right. their relationship to be totally platonic. And to me, the easiest way to communicate that was because my books are always full of like sexual tension or whatever. I was like, I'll just make him gay. And then, um, although I never say that he's gay, he has a husband. He could be bi now that I think of it. True. He's gay though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've gotten so many, so many reviews. People kind of bent out of shape about that and complaining and saying that it like messed up the book for them because there are no nice men in my book about a woman killing bad men (laughs) and part of the reason that I did it that way um because I guess this is a spoiler but there are like some men in the book who may seem to be nice at first and are not as much as the book goes on um I just didn't want any men reading this book to be able to be like oh well I'm like this nice guy like I'm not like any of these other predators I'm like this nice guy so I don't have to think about my behavior at all or like anything I might have done that might have been inappropriate I'm just gonna identify with this one nice man and like let myself off the hook I didn't want to let them do that I kind of wanted them to (laughs) I I wanted to like trick them into identifying into some of the guys who seem nicer at first and then like pull the rug out from under them which I think Mm -hmm. I did pretty successfully yes yes. (laughs) (laughs) they're like she tricked me I'm so mad yeah but I've gotten a lot of reviews where people are complaining about that and even saying like this author clearly hates men or like I feel bad for her that she's like never known a nice man and I'm like I know some very nice men (laughs) I just didn't put them in my book because I'm an artist and I make choices right (laughs) it is really funny when people they kind of like latch onto this idea of like this book seems to say that the world of this book is exactly like the world we live in and it's like well i mean it is but also like it's art it's a story it's not just like i don't what am i trying to say it's not it's you're not saying this is like the way that i feel about every single person 
Uh, mm-hmm. It's like it's a story. You're using real types of attributes and storytelling to get a message across. It's not yeah. the same as like this is what I think about the world. Right. Because you're putting like, you know, you carefully select each character that you put in your books. And I tend to even more so like I try to have a pretty small cast of characters. I don't know if it's my like theater background or what, but I always try to like limit the <clears throat> the head count as much as possible and kind of combine characters and just to make sure they all have a reason to be there. So it's not exactly like a real depiction of humanity. And in this particular book, the only function of having a male character who was a nice guy would be to like make people feel better about themselves and the men in their <laughs> lives. Like truly that's all it would have accomplished. And right. that's not what I wanted to do. No, that's not, book. that's not the goal. Like, and it's also not your job as no. a creator to like build in a way for people to feel okay about the status quo. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, if you want to read about nice, amazing men, like go read a romance novel. There are many amazing ones with like swoony guys who are like all about consent and respect. And like, I right. love those books if that's what I am in the mood for, you know? Right. Yeah. Like people are just funny in that way. Mm-hmm. But have you ever, because in your books, that's not really a thing. Like you have nice men in your books. <laughs> yeah. <for> you. <laughs> I have a few, I have a few nice men in my books. Um, one of whom is is Roxanne's sometimes love interest Tom, who we love Tom. <laughs> yes, Tom is universally beloved, um, as opposed to Catherine, her her other on again off again lover, who is universally despised. Not universally. I love Catherine too. I love them both. <laughs> I I love writing Catherine so much, but people are like, "Ugh, Catherine, she's the worst." It's like, well, yeah, but like people are the worst. Like it's it's realistic yeah. in that way. We've all we've all dated a Catherine. My God. <clears throat> so, yeah, but um, I do have some nice men in my book, but I also have lots of awful men. Um, and I think that, like, I'm not writing stories that are specifically about, like, punishing bad men for the bad things that they've done. But <laughs> You should try it. It's fun. <laughs> I, it does sound like fun. I might, I might have to try it. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I think that, like, it's a, it's like a, in my books, it's a balance of, of writing, um, like believable, believable characters who are just, who are just this side of like being too terrible. Like I could write about the most terrible men and I would love to, but in the context of these stories where, you know, I have my detective character who's solving mysteries, like the types of mysteries that I'm interested in having her solve don't necessarily pertain to the specific mm-hmm. bad behavior of men. I actually think the the specific bad behavior of women is a lot more interesting in some ways. Totally. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. I just like I I tend to have like really big casts in my books um, with like lots of people and lots of moving parts and pieces. Um, and so like there's just not space to make every man as terrible as I would like to make him. Uh, sometimes <laughs> they have to just be like whatever. But <clears throat> don't make no mistake. I am a misandrist. <laughs> Just to be clear. (laughs) In case anyone was wondering. Yes. So another thing I found super interesting about this book is the author, uh, like myself, is a bisexual woman who is married to a man, um, which like (laughs) she even (laughs) says in the book, she's like, yes, I am married to a man. And yet people ask me, do you hate all men? Yes, I hate all of them. (laughs) Okay. Which is something I would say to my partner too. I'm like, I hate men. And he's like, yeah, I know we're terrible. Uh, I think that's like the sign of a a good man. If he can recognize that and not get 
mad about it. Right. But um, she talks about it a bit in the book. But she also says, uh, and I would have to agree with this too, that if she were to break up with her partner or he died or whatever, like she has a hard time imagining getting into a relationship with a man again. I feel the same way. Yeah, I like, so I am a bisexual woman who is in a relationship with a woman. And like, we, we've talked a lot on this podcast before about how pe- people just don't understand what bisexual is. They don't understand that like, yeah. you can be married to <clears throat> a man and still be bisexual. You can be in a relationship with a woman and still be bisexual, but it's true. Um, but yeah, like if, if I were ever to not be with Joanna for some reason I do not think that I would end up with a man I just cannot imagine it when I was younger maybe but like now god (laughs) well it is like there's so few who are decent I mean we read like the reddit posts and I mean most of them just suck right like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like I found one who's who's good and respects me and loves me and like what are the chances that in a lifetime I would find a second man like that like very very low right I would rather be a spinster (laughs) live alone yeah like a windswept cottage um (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it is uh like I know as a bisexual woman in a relationship with a man and I've been with him for like over 15 years now I think like a long time since college there is this attitude that you're like not really bi or you like round up to straight or Mm -hmm. or whatever but statistically speaking most bi women are going to end up with straight men that's just like how that's how math (laughs) Math works works. yeah the population there's just a lot more straight men out there than there are queer women and some queer women don't want to date bi women right so it like narrows the pool um, so it is just kind of like statistically speaking, if you want to be partnered and want to be in a long-term relationship, you're most likely going to end up with a man or be a spinster, which is like a very valid choice that we support. Oh yes, fully. <laughs> but yeah, I think that like, it's, uh, it's easy to, to sort of be like, well, how can you really say that you hate men if you say that you're attracted to them? And it's like, well, it's, it's pretty easy actually. It's, it's, <laughs> also, it's easy to understand how men can hate women while still being attracted to them. Like, right? I mean, all <laughs> those guys who go like shoot up shopping centers because they can't get laid or whatever. Right. I mean, they're like very attracted to women and hate them because they won't fuck them. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really understand why it's such a hard. Concept. No, it's <laughs> it's quite simple, in fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, men are, um, some men are very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, and they smell good sometimes, and that's just, like, we're all all just animals, like, whatever, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, if you're going to have to speak to someone every day for the rest of your life, I personally don't want that to be a man. I don't want to speak to a man every day. Wendy and I, like, you know, we love our partners, but sometimes we're like, wow, like, we didn't marry rich, which is like the first mistake if you want to be a writer. Like, you need to marry yeah, rich, obviously. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we really did. We fucked that up. Um, <laughs> we could have married like rich women if we were really yeah. planning our lives well, but we didn't. We didn't do that. Yeah. <sighs> well, you know, when you're, when you're like, when you're younger, when you're like in your 20s, you're not a person yet. I'm, fully believe this to be true like yeah and so it's like you know um before I met Joanna I I wasn't a person and I was like I just want someone to love me and I don't care if it's this man or if it's this woman I just you know like I didn't have the same feeling that I have now of like 
but do I really want to deal with a man's bullshit all the time? Now I'm like, <laughs> no, I definitely don't. I know that. <laughs> Still buy, but yeah. I, I know that. Uh-huh. <laughs> that makes total sense to me. Yeah. Also, I'm sure my partner's listening to this. Love you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that really strikes me about this book, I Hate Men, though, is it's not like this dark, angry book. It's like very full of joy. She's just like, I hate men and it's great. I feel great about it. Yeah, she's like, she's like, I hate men. And being able to say that gives me the space to show up in my female friendships and to prioritize women and to be myself most authentically. And Mm -hmm. like, that's good advice for everyone, even if you don't think that you hate men you're probably wrong deep down you do (laughs) (laughs) but but like yeah it's not like a it's not like a rage-filled manifesto it's more of it's like a curious examination of ideas Mm -hmm. yeah because even if you don't hate men which again like think harder about you know (laughs) look look deep inside yes Um, (laughs) but there is a lot of living in a patriarchal society there's a lot of uh bandwidth used up by like wondering if men like you or think yeah. you're too loud or find you fuckable you know you and i only have a little a little while longer that we have to deal with that yes <laughs> very, you know very soon next year it's all over yeah um <laughs> so but that's like using up a lot of energy that we could use for literally anything else yes anything else <laughs> yes like just like think of all just think of all the art you could have made in your yeah. 20s if you hadn't been worried about whether or not a man found you fuckable like it's chilling yeah. to think about how much time and just how much emotion was wasted on that like mm-hmm. that's really kind of disturbing like to think that you gave any power at all to just like some guy and why won't he call me back and whatever whatever like that's bullshit it's it is it's just so much easier to be like no i hate them and i don't care Yeah, something I've been asking myself as a writer lately as I'm considering what my next book is going to be, because as I've talked about on this podcast before, I'm like bandying different ideas about for like the last year, kind of working on random things, Mm -hmm. um, being the most Gemini (laughs) I could possibly be. (laughs) Um, But something I've been asking myself is, so I've written like my first two books were about terrible men like temper kind of centers around this psychopathic theater director who like ruins everyone's lives and then they never learn is about a woman who is like obsessed with punishing men and as I'm turning my my attention to like what my next project is going to be I'm just like tired of writing about terrible men I don't want to write about nice men necessarily but I'm just like I don't want to give the attention to like I don't want to write another book about like rapists and abusers and I'm tired you know right sick of it yeah, even even when you're punishing them, like you still have to spend your time with them yeah. as you're writing that. And it can get it can get dark when you're writing about murder and violence against women. Like it really yeah. can. Like <clears throat> I there've definitely been times when I've been writing something and I just have to be like, "Whoa, I need to step away. Like this is this is a dark place that I went." Yeah, and it's like just giving it more attention versus giving something that like makes you happy more attention although I mean we write dark books like that's our genre so one of the books that I'm working on right now is does have some toxic men in it but it's at least partially about them like learning that they're toxic and learning how to not be so toxic and Mm. like doing the work so that's good like maybe maybe that'll be a little bit more fulfilling but yeah I'm, I'm tired of writing about just like 
terrible, terrible men and like thinking about them, just giving them any of my mental bandwidth. I'm so sick of it, but there are just so, so many out there. They just keep popping up every they, week, every they day. They really do. <laughs> it's like you can't, you can't ignore them because they're literally everywhere. Um, and especially like this past year where we've all had so few new experiences, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the tales of terrible men are kind of universal. And, you know, when, if, if reading the news is one of the main things that is happening to you these days, like that's really heavy to just sort of take that in all the time. There's nothing else yeah. to, to fill up your interior life with right now. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely get that. But one great thing about the pandemic that I've seen a couple of people point out on social media is we're all wearing masks, so men can't tell if we're smiling and tell us to smile. I love that. I absolutely <laughs> love that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I really haven't had that experience like men leave me alone more when I'm wearing the mask. And that's a good enough reason to keep it on as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, plus plus like this isn't this obviously is not a a fail proof uh methodology but like when you see the type of person out there in the world who's not wearing a mask it's like a very clear like oh you're definitely an asshole especially at this point like yeah we're a year into this and you're still dick nosing like yep it's like okay great save me some time yep clear identifier for sure yeah yeah i just actually bought a face mask um yesterday from a store called Proud Mary and it says um it's like a screen printed face mask mask and it says literally nothing I do is for men I'm <laughs> really very excited about it see I'm afraid like wearing that though like men will want to comment on it well I'll just run them over with like, my car yeah that sounds good <laughs> yeah <laughs> sounds like a plan <laughs> Yes, because I because I've been going basically nowhere. Like the only contact that I have had with men has been in relation to my car. So, <laughs> good luck, men at Columbus. Yes, watch out. That's it for this episode of Unlikable Female Characters. Don't forget to subscribe, and you can also follow us on Twitter at UnlikableFCPod for updates book recommendations and angry feminist rants our website is unlikablefemalecharacters.com and we're also on instagram at unlikablefemalecharacters thanks for listening